Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with us and M. Hey. I have a voice. Maggie's back. It's so, not it's not quite my normal voice, but it's a voice. Yeah, it's she's still recovering. She went to the doctor, got some roids. And some antibiotics. And it, it's coming back. Alive. So you guys will will get to hear a, a, a true Maggie topic this week. Yeah, it's not gonna be that. My co host is back. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, remember last week's topic when you bamboozled me? That, well, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I was actually really solid. <laughs> yeah? You it like really that? was. We didn't get much listener feedback on it. I'm not sure if anybody actually listened. Yeah. But it was pretty solid. We, we definitely had downloads, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we had downloads, but we didn't get feedback on it. And it was really I solid. It was fun. Yeah. So, entering into news stories, do you have any? I don't have a news story, but I have something to talk about aside from our regular topics. You have some interaction that I saw popping off on our Instagram? Yes. You want to talk about? Do you have a news story? Not that I really want to talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had stuff, but you and I talked about it, and I decided I'm leaving it off the podcast, so. Okay, so I... Yeah, I, I, I post stuff on our Instagram. I post memes and just shit I find funny or interesting or whatever. And I posted a meme making it was simultaneously made fun of flat earthers and anti-vaxxers. So just a little heads up on the memes. Yeah. A lot of the memes he posts are shit he finds. But a lot of the memes he posts, a fair amount, not a lot, a fair amount are ones that I find funny and I send him like yeah. through text. And then he'll post them to the couple goals or he'll post them to his Facebook like he posts them different places. This particular meme, I actually sent him through text and then he posted. So this isn't like Sean going rogue. This is these are like couple goals thoughts. Yeah. So he's posting on behalf of both of us when he posts these outrageous memes. Like we're both on board. Yeah. So I it was making fun of people who are anti-vaxxers and, and flat earthers. And we got a comment from some rando who the and I only hashtagged it with flat earth this is the sure. only hashtag I had. So this isn't somebody who follows us. This is somebody who found it via hashtag. I'm, I'm guessing there's really no other way there's unless no you're already following us. Right. For, we're not going to pop up in your feet. We're and, not some and it wasn't like or we didn't have thirty hashtags. No, like it wasn't. It wasn't a. So this is somebody business. who scours Instagram for the flat Earth hashtag. First of all, so this guy, uh, he, he was actually a pretty nice guy, but uh, clearly a moron, and hopefully he doesn't reproduce. But if he does, I mean, his kids will die soon anyway, so I guess that's on him. Um, Jesus Christ. That's just how that works. That's what happens. Anyway, Christ. so it, the he referenced the meme and asked me, uh, in reference to the meme, said, what, what if your credible sources are the ones making you question those things in the first place? And I replied, then kids die from an easily preventable disease while thinking the planet is flat? Did uh, you explain what the meme is? No, I'm not going to explain it. Just go look at it. It doesn't really matter. It's it's makes fun of anti-vaxxers and flat earthers. That's all you really need to know. This it's, guy is pro not vaccinating children while living on a disc. That's that's all you really need to know. If you want to go see, check out our Instagram account. So then he said that wasn't really a direct response to what he said. 
even and, though it was. And they said the facts are that uh, they, that vaccines contain toxins, carcinogenic ingredients, and fetal tissue. And they, and they do. That, that That's true. But you also know how big a vaccine is and, you know, it's small amounts of that stuff. And uh, so I replied with over 900 deaths from measles in Madagascar since September of just last year due to very low immunization rates. 900 deaths from measles. Measles. And so he's like, what about what is our healthcare system like? Okay, but it's measles and we have vaccines for that. They wouldn't die from that. Right. Like, so let's then I, some shots. He said, shot, 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 shot. He's all shot, about shot. holistic medicine, which I'm not against, you know, I, you know, body, mind, health, all that kind of stuff. I, that I'm have for a, holistic medicine yeah. in in conjunction with. Modern tech, medical breakthroughs, advances, right. whatever. In conjunction with, like, moderate modern medicine. So I'm not saying go lopping off parts of your body because medicine says that's what you need to do. <laughs> but... Yeah, it, it is okay to think for yourself, obviously, and do your own research. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm for holistic medicine. But to just but... be against vaccinations where they've been proven to work for many, many years and eliminated many, many diseases in the process with very little side effects that we know of. I mean, all, everybody I know probably is vaccinated, most of them very healthy, <laughs> you know. And I have a ton of essential oils here. I do. <laughs> I do. But it's for They're like... They're not very essential. Yeah. Like if I didn't have them, I'd be okay. But like lavender oil, it is calming. Yeah. Does it take place of a clonopin? No. <laughs> but is it a step before a clonopin? Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a place for it in in the world. Like does it work well in conjunction with meditation? Absolutely. Yeah. Like there's you know there's steps and the, there, places There's room for, for a lot of stuff, but to deprive children of vaccinations because Jenny McCarthy told you to is one of the most asinine fucking things I've ever heard. Well, listening to Jenny McCarthy's asinine. So, yeah. I mean. So then I just followed up with a question. I said, do you believe the earth is flat too? Said serious question. And he replied with, I'm not going to say it's flat, but I'm not going to say it's round. I definitely don't believe in the moon landing. So I lost credibility for NASA. So I just stopped replying because you can't that's it's like fighting with a Trump supporter. You you can't pre you can present all the facts and evidence you want. But they don't give a shit. Like, it's, like, listen, I'm not saying the government is 100 percent truthful. Yeah, but I looked into the moon landing thing because that got me thinking years ago. There's tons of third party evidence to the contrary, that the moon landing did occur. It's not government evidence. Right. It's not NASA evidence. It's other evidence. Other countries sending satellites up where you can see footprints right. from from the astronauts who have been there. You My can, point is, like, I'm not saying that the government is truthful. Right. Because they're not. Uh, they aren't. But I'm also saying you can't buy everything the conspiracy theorists are spoon feeding you. Because that, that's literally just pulled out of nowhere. People just decide, I bet that's fake. And then they, they find things to back up with. That's their like thinking. Nathan for you bullshit. Right. That's that's like high level comedians sitting around in a room trying to figure out what they can convince people to believe. Yeah. On a joke. But people actually believe it, though. And then I they know. convince other idiots to believe a lot of these conspiracy theories. It's uh, And it becomes dangerous. And then you have this whole vaccinate anti-vax movement I mean, we got a we had a kid in in a kid's high school got 
what whooping cough or something or yeah I, like the high school pertussis high school. i think first high school got pertussis because they, they didn't high vaccinate. school yeah like we're not talking about like a three-year-old this is preventable stuff guys like we we, we got rid of this shit stop trying to bring it back because you want to rub right. oils on your body or whatever and i got i got i get coughs that are like insane and i'm vaccinated right it's like why are coughs getting to this point that I can get a cough this crazy that makes my voice go away for a week? Yeah. Like, at my age, I should not be getting coughs like this. These are super mutants. I'm going to start a conspiracy <laughs> right now. I have, I do have, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, but I, I've always wondered about antibacterial sanitizers and the fact that it says 99.9%. I always wonder if that, like, that 0.1% is just getting stronger and stronger. <laughs> that it can't kill. <laughs> we should save this for Patreon and we'll just talk about our possible conspiracy theories. <laughs> okay. Save that. That's that's what we're recording after. So anyway, so, let's... Uh, so housekeeping. 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 That's my housekeeping. That's based on the one time that the housekeeping busted in on us at Aria. So we are, we are all over the internet. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We have a, a website... And you may know us from the internet, and we, or you may not. We're where we have a Patreon where you can support us for only a dollar a month, which is helpful. And, and we by support us, we mean support the cost of the podcast. Yes, like not support feeding our dogs and shit, but like <laughs> just support the, the cost, cost, what it takes. We actually turned down a, an ad campaign recently. We just turned down an ad campaign today. It actually was supposed to go live yesterday. We tested it out. We listened to it. And we turned it down today. So no ad campaigns. Not yet anyway. Yeah. And so we did have, we we gave it about 24 hours and then we determined. But we did, we, we had issues. We had technical issues with it. We had technical the, issues. The advertiser was fine. The commercial was fine. Yeah. The advertiser but was so, in line with like us actually. Right. But. We turned down, were, we, we turned down money though due to some technical problems. And um, I I don't know that that's really the route I want to go. Right. With the pre-roll and the... Yeah. I don't know. So we did turn down some ad campaign. So I would prefer to stick with the ad, the Patreon side. Um, so if we could get that, that would be that would be great. That would be ideal. But we are looking at at the, the advertisers. Yeah, people are, are wanting to advertise with us, with us right. which is really cool. Which is cool because we're legit. not sourcing them. People are coming to us, which yeah. is awesome. But And it, as always, thanks to our, our current patrons. Yeah, we, we love you we guys. We really appreciate it because you really are uh, funding this this thing you, you're enjoying. Right. And as always, give us uh, reviews, likes, shares, all that kind of stuff. Tell a friend. We appreciate yeah. it. Any, anything uh if you review, think somebody would enjoy our show. Reviews help, know. but if you're if you're not in the mood to write out a whole review, you can just do the five star thing. Or I mean, however many stars you feel it's worth. But <laughs> if you feel it's worth less than five stars, you know what? Don't worry about it. Just go about <laughs> your day. Do your thing. Um, yeah, I think that's everything for housekeeping. All right, th I think you should go first since we didn't get a Maggie segment la last week. Oh, you guys miss me? Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm sure that some people did when they realized they were only getting a 17-minute podcast out of it. They're getting a 17-minute podcast, and it was fucking bamboozled. <laughs> it was good shit. They I were like bamboozled. <laughs> there was some like, people were, I'm sure, and I th I'm sure some people were immediately like, "I know who the Springwood Slasher is." I, there, there was a moment where I was like, "Oh," and then 
there's going to be, like, I know who this is. Yeah. Like, there was a moment, man. It's pretty far in, though. Yeah. That was almost wrapped up. Yeah. So I was going to do true crime because you bamboozled us with true crime. <laughs> but I didn't bamboozle you with true crime. You bamboozled me. Okay. <laughs> I thought a whole bunch of Down syndrome children <laughs> had been murdered. It's so was hard all to, over. to read that, that thing I created. Well, I just couldn't understand it because you, that's, and and Spring people don't Wood know this about Center you. Center for Mongolism Treatment or whatever. People don't know this about you, but you have a very soft spot for any kind of mental disabilities. Yes. That's like, that's a very, very soft spot with you. Yeah, I get very and angry. I've had yes. some coworkers in the past. Who I have almost fucking punched in the face like you for have, making fun of those people. You have you have a couple soft spots. So you have that, and then you have um, Native Americans. Those are like yeah, two. Native Americans. That, like I don't. They get no love. They get no like respect. those are those are two of your very soft spots. Yeah. For causes. Those are my and, SJW. Right. <laughs> those are your SJW causes, and that's why when I was you were talking about like Down syndrome children being murdered, and you were just like. And then, and I was just like, well, this is great. You're going to take over the true crime side because you can do it with well, no. It's different when it's not real. Bro, well, <laughs> I, I see that now. I I don't mind it. That's why I like horror movies, I but not true crime. I can see that now. <laughs> but at the time, I just thought you were like in it to win it. I was just it. cold, right? You were just, just storytelling. You were like, let's do this. Yeah. I thought you. So I was going to do true crime, but then I realized. I kind of liked that tone where you were just like, ha da 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 and it turns out I'm a fucking liar and this isn't real. <laughs> and like, whatever. In one so, way, it's very real. And in another way, it was not at all real. <laughs> mainly not at all real. Mainly that part, like the part where Johnny Depp got killed at the end, like that part, not real. His name so, was Glenn. Whatever. So I'm going to go first. And we're going to stick with the more entertainment side of the house. Yes. I am going For to it. be covering a little show that you may have heard of. Is it? Let me let me guess. I, mean, I, want, to, I want to take a guess. Is it Little House on the Prairie? Is it because I said the word little? Probably. No. I have another guess. I have another guess. Bob's Burgers. No. All right. Is What era is the show from? The early 2000s. Is it Daria? Did you do Daria already? Daria's from the 90s. Oh. <laughs> early 2000s? Shit. I think that's like, I don't think I watched a lot of TV then. Yeah, we were together. The only thing I remember I mean, watching I guess it would like be like, swim, like, I guess it would be man. like late to early 2000s. Late 90s? No, late, like late aughts. Okay. Oh, so like, oh, I see like what you 07. mean. Like Oh, okay. All right. Well, just do your thing. I give up. Um, We're talking about 30 Rock. Yeah. I was actually good at that. Was a lot. As soon as you said that, I was like, wait a minute. Is she doing 30 Rock? I'm doing 30 Rock. So the reason I'm doing 30 Rock is because we went to the mall yesterday. So there's two reasons. We went to 30 Rock. <laughs> we did. We went to about New York City. A year and a half, and, two years ago. And uh, yeah, it was like a summer or so ago. 
and they have no 30 Rock merchandise. Yeah, we went no to... No TGS, anything. So they have stuff for the Today Show. I don't know who the fuck is buying Today Show merchandise. Give they me had some, a ton of Today Show swag. Give me some fucking Huda swag. Right. Like, and no. little Sunshine logos on coffee. Like, what? I posed. Why? I posed the Today Show. Right. Like, I don't know why. Because it's there. Yeah. That's the, that's the only reason we did it, because it's there. And I had blue hair, and it was kind of fun. So... And then they have... Tons of friends stuff, which you can imagine. It's yeah, all, it's all NBC stuff at, at 30 Rock, in case you don't know. Saturday Night Live, Friends, The Office, Parks and Rec. The Voice. Oh, my God. And they had tons of, yeah, they did have tons of fucking but uh, like, reality they, shows. They didn't have, merch. like, anything for 30 Rock. No, they had community stuff, which I swear community had less viewers than 30 Rock. I, I don't know. I, I don't have that based on anything. I don't have I don't have any numbers for that. And I like community a lot. I like community but too. But they had community merchandise. Right. Very small amount. They still had Seinfeld stuff, understandable. Seinfeld's great. But nothing they, for 30 Rock. No, nothing. No representation. Nothing for 30, for Rock. 30 Rock. And like they had so much merch on 30 Rock, like right. for the girly show for right. TGS with, with Tracy Jordan. Sell, just sell the hoodie, man. The hoodie, the tote bag. The tote like, bag. And dude, she carried, what was that store they would kept saying, too, that they would, you, and then you'd see a bag for it later. It was supposed oh, to be some high-end. Oh, Va- Vatanay. Yes, Vatanay. <laughs> so they could have had Vatanay merchandise. Right. Like, they could have had so much stuff. Or the Steinhardt Wig Company shirts. Right. yes. Like, they had so many missed opportunities for merch. Yes. But anyway, so we went there, and there was nothing. So then yesterday, we went to the mall, and Box Lunch which is a store, and it has, like, a good cause. They feed people and stuff. Um, they're not a sponsor. They they are, have a section. Like, they have they have everything, like, whatever you need, except 30 Rock stuff. Yeah, it's all so licensed have, stuff there. It's all licensed Marvel, stuff. Marvel, Rick and Morty, video games. They have, they have Parks and Rec stuff. They have... Friends. Friends. They have Seinfeld. office stuff. A lot of the office, yeah. And they have nothing for 30 Rock. Nothing. So I was like, what should my topic be? And I was like, it's going to be 30 Rock because 30 Rock doesn't get any love. No love. I mean, Tina Fey put out Bossy Pants and she talks about 30 Rock in it. Yeah. And we both read it. Right. But Tina Fey read it to me. Yeah. We both listened to it on Audible. Yeah. (laughs) But still... It needs, we need to talk about it just a little bit for people who I'm haven't so glad. seen I've thought it. about covering 30 Rock and I haven't done it yet. Yeah. So I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah. And we just need to talk about it a little bit. And this isn't, this isn't like my typical, like in this episode, this happened. It's not that. <laughs> it's not an episode recap. No. Like Twin Peaks. <laughs> no. But it's, it is kind of, it's a little bit behind the scenes, but like not really, because if you really want to hear Tina Fey talk about it, just go get bossy, bossy pants. But so, 30 Rock started off as an underdog when it made its debut in 2006. Because that year, Alan Sorkin, he was a creator of, he is the creator of West Wing. Yeah. So, he launched his new show about the backstage working of a comedy show called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. I vaguely remember hearing about that. Yeah, and that was expected to crush 30 Rock because it was the same thing. Yeah. And only one was expected to survive, and it wasn't 30 Rock. Yeah. Hmm. So somehow Tina Fey 
because of her history with Saturday Night Live, she came out ahead. And they killed Studio 60. I don't even know who was on that show. Well, and I don't know. I don't know all of that either. But she understood comedy better than Sorkin did. Oh, yeah. I mean, she because of her time. Have you watched any of Sorkin stuff? Yeah. The way he scripts stuff. It's just too fast. It's too. Everybody just rattles off their lines. Later and later in in the show, like later in the seasons, Alan Sorkin has a cameo. Yeah, I remember. So I watched a few episodes. And he, I guess he did show, like, he had a lot of well-regarded actors, but his material was with his usual, like, fast-paced dialogue, and it wasn't, it wasn't funny. I mean, it's not bad, but... But it it, wasn't funny. Yeah. It wasn't the kind of funny, because 30 Rock is fast-paced, too. It's like 10 jokes a minute. It's funny. Yeah. But it didn't work, so... She put together a crew with, I mean, Tracy Morgan and Alec Baldwin that just reinvigorated their careers. Yeah. So Tina Fey plays the lead character of Liz Lemon, who in many ways is the only voice of reason in the bunch. She's quirky. She's eccentric. And she's supported by Alec Baldwin's Jack Donaghy, who plays her boss and her work husband, essentially, non-romantic. Their relationship progresses from being just colleagues to a mentor-mentee, and they do eventually develop a strong friendship. The show also addresses the the fan theories that they may eventually get together, which obviously, if you watched the show, they never get together, nor right. is there any kind of and, chemistry. And they shouldn't. I don't know there who is would never, for that. There is never chemistry there, ever. Not that kind, yeah. Like, not that kind of chemistry. No, no, no. So the characters of 30 Rock, they work perfectly as an ensemble. Yep. Like, it couldn't be better. They balance each other out perfectly. They have Kenneth Parcell, who is played by Jack... McBrayer. McBrayer. And he brings in the innocence that kind of offsets the darkness that is Hollywood. Yes. And that is TV. Yeah. But... You know, he also brings up his dark thoughts occasionally that that just bubbled at the surface. Yes. So when he can't maintain his happy exterior anymore, you'll hear him like just blurt it out. And that's always great, too, because it, it gives his character depth in a way. Yes. Because he so, is always so bubbly, he's happy, so happy and positive. Bubbly. And then when he does say something and you're like, oh, God, poor Kenneth. <laughs> right. Know? And he'll be like, Kenneth, what's your secret? And he'll lean in and he's still smiling and he'll be like, I just can't take it anymore. He's like, 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 I lie to myself every day and say that it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be better. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, okay. So it is like that for everybody. Got it. So with Tracy Jordan, who's, who's Tracy Morgan, the show addresses how the lowest common denominator of the TV viewing audience just wants to be entertained. Yes. Like, so that's, that's like his, his part, part and how political co- correctness never plays a role in entertainment. Yeah. So that's where he's pulled in. Jenna Maroney, she represents the blonde stereotype actress. Yes. But also makes a point. They do humanize her from time to time. They do humanize. Is she, is she, she plays like the, the stereotype uh, aging actress that, that, uh, 
it's it's not so much that she's a stereotype. I mean, part of that is, but also just the Hollywood thing where right where a lot of times when women reach a certain age, they just stop casting them. Yeah. And so they they play that in and then they're also like, like, I'm not being dramatic, but if you don't do this, I will kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's very she's really well played. So 30 Rock also talks about the social pressure pressure of being a single woman at a certain age. Yep. And that's that's really portrayed a lot by Liz Lemon and her having it all. Yeah. Which is said so much through the show, and it's hilarious. Right. Like, just the way that they pepper it in. Because that's, that's clearly just making fun of most, like, characters similar to Liz Lemon that are on a show that are they're clearly that's, or like Carrie, Carrie Bradshaw. That are yeah, yeah. From, like Sex in the City and yep. stuff. That, that's what they're actually trying to do, but they actually say, trying to have it all. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it it's really just putting it out there that, all these women in power who are trying to have a career and trying to find a guy and trying to have children and settle down. And it's like trying to have it all. And they say that all the time throughout it. So it's a great social commentary, but it's done through the lens of humor. Yes. But still showing seriously, like the trials and tribulations of trying to have it all. Like when she chokes, you know, she's turning 30 and she chokes all the time right. on her food. And so she starts going on dates because she's so scared of joking. And she's using her treadmill to zip up her dress because she doesn't have anybody to zip up her dress for her. But Thirdy Rock struggled at first. So the network made Tina Fey drop her friend Rachel Dratch from the lead role of Jenna DiCarlo. So Jenna DiCarlo was then changed to Jenna Maroney, and they cast Jane Krakowski. Hmm. So Faye had really low viewership, so she went on to Saturday Night Live to lure the viewers over to 30 Rock by portraying the lookalike Alaska governor, Sarah Palin. Yeah. That's how she got people over to 30 Rock. And that's Rock. what she talks about in her book, yep. is she wasn't... Well, she actually says in her book, though, she that, talks about her. Yeah, I have stuff on her book here. But, but yeah. she she actually says that you know that's what really got her famous. Like yeah. Tina Fey was play, playing Sarah Palin, but she also says in her book that it really didn't equate to increased viewership for Thirty Rock. <laughs> no, but that was her plan, right? And then she was she was over there, and she was always, but it, she was promoting like that's what her plan was. Right, was to promote Thirty Rock. Right. And she was on there, and that actually boosted Saturday Night Live's viewership from the highest since 1994, back when the whole Tanya well, Harding. They, yeah, they back then they would do those uh, those specials on like Friday nights and Thursday nights and yeah. stuff. With, yeah, with her and um, who else? I, f- I forget who. Will Ferrell would be on them. Like yeah. they did. They Seth Meyer. So. The, the show was going to be originally very different. Tina Fey had originally pitched the show about a, a Bill O'Reilly type news program. Oh. In which she would be playing the producer. And it was going to be like newsroom on HBO. Okay. She had told Rolling Stone that she wanted to use her time as SNL as an inspiration, but she didn't want it to be so direct right? to be like an SNL ripoff. And she thought it would just be so lazy to write about that. She came around when she started talking to Tracy Morgan. She said that Lauren Michaels convinced her and then signed on as the executive producer 
So that's how it ended up turning into 30 Rock. I'm glad, I'm glad it, that happened. Right? <laughs> I don't want to watch a news show. So, Although I could see Alec Baldwin being the Bill O'Reilly type guy. Right. I could see that too. Well, that he wasn't originally, like, John Hamm originally interviewed for oh, that, that role. And when he didn't get it, they liked him so much. That's how he ended up coming back as yeah. the love interest. So the this is actually from Bossy Pants. The bizarre and esoteric reputation isn't what she wanted, obviously. And in Bossy Pants, she said that that she was trying to make she wasn't trying to make that low-rated critical darling that snarled in the face of conventionality. Instead, she said she wrote she was trying to make a hit show. We were trying to make home improvement. We did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Where she, she's like, we weren't, we weren't trying to appease hipsters. Right. <laughs> so. She, and I don't see anything in that show that, and that's what, I, to me, when I watch it, I just think it's a genuinely funny show. It is. I feel like but it I could hit so many demographics. But I think it's smart, and I don't think. You think so? Some of that goes over people's I, heads. I don't think everybody gets it. But 30 Rock's pilot isn't great. But it's still funny. It's not yeah. amazing. It's but not it's, great, but it's funny. So, just so you know, like, if you haven't seen it and you're starting at the pilot. It's available on Hulu. It's available on Hulu. It is worth getting Hulu just to watch 30 Rock. In yeah. My and she's introduced via an argument over a hot dog cart etiquette. And if that isn't an appropriate enough summary of, like, who she is, <laughs> she offers a summary to Pete Hornberger, who's played by Scott, adds it, adds it, adds it. And she's like, you know, I hate it when people break rules. And he's like, yes, I do. She's like, well, I just spent 150 bucks on wieners. <laughs> she just buys out the cart because. Because somebody cut in line. Because somebody cut in line. Somebody created a second line when there was no second line. So yeah. she just bought all the hot dogs <laughs> and, and gave them to the people who stayed in the first line, in the real line. And then she's like, tries to hand them out for free and people are throwing them back at her. <laughs> like, it's really great. So. Alec Baldwin on Tina Fey and 30 Rock. Here's his quote. When I first met Tina Fey, beautiful and brunette, smart and funny, my, my turn, my turns, oh, by turns, smug and defiant and completely uninterested in me or anything I had to say, I had the same reaction that many men and women have. I fell in love with her, he admits in his memoir. Tina was the head writer at Saturday Night Live, and I was hosting that week's show. He recalls, I asked Marcy Klein, who had coordinated the event, if Tina was single. She pointed to the man sitting along the wall, or maybe he was standing, and said, that's Jeff Richmond. That's Tina's husband. Jeff is diminutive. Tina describes him as travel size. He's very tiny. Yeah, he's very small. And when I saw him, I thought, what is she doing with him? <laughs> Baldwin's opinion later shifted. When I ended up working with the two of them years later on 30 Rock, of which Tina is the writer, producer, and star, I, I changed what to, I changed that to, what is he doing with her? <laughs> Jeff, who is a talented composer and musical supervisor on 30 Rock, is as loose as outgoing as Tina is cautious and dry. Just remember one thing, Lauren Michaels said to me, she's German. <laughs> His time on 30 Rock ended up being, quote, the best job I ever had. So Dean Winters played Dennis Duffy. Yeah. Now, for those of you who haven't seen 30 Rock, but have seen the Mayhem. Law, oh, oh, the Mayhem commercials. Yeah. 
the guy who plays mayhem in the some sort of car insurance commercial. Yeah. Commercials do a terrible job on me. I don't remember the right things from. I think you're supposed to remember. I don't know, I think it's what all they're advertising. I think it's all. State, and I never but, do. Um, mayhem. He played um, special order law and order special victim unit. He was he was on there. Uh, he he plays Dennis Duffy. And he's an on again, off again boyfriend. And he's quoted as saying next to, Oz, oh, he was also on Oz. He says next to Oz, this is the best job I've ever had. When you're working with Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin and Tracy Morgan, it's like, there's no, no one better than that. And it was the first time anybody ever let me be funny. Tina took a real chance in giving me that job. She didn't have to give me that job because I had done nothing in my career to prove I was funny, but she gave me a shot and and open, sorry, my phone, and open it up a whole new level of careers for me. But you you want to know a funny story? I went to the audition for 30 Rock. I walked in, and there were like 30 guys there to read for my role. And they were all the funniest guys in New York City. And I'm not going to mention any names, but there were a bunch of really funny dudes. And I just walked out. I, I was like, no, I'm fucking out of here. And I left, and I went to Central Park because I knew I wasn't going to get the job. And I didn't want to waste anyone's time. So my agent was in New York and I get a phone call from his assistant and he says, so how'd it go with 30 Rock? And I was like, oh, it went pretty good. I don't <laughs> think I'm right for it, but, but it went good. And he went, really? That's interesting. And I go, why? And he goes, because they're all in there waiting for you. And they said, they, you haven't come in yet. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well, here's the truth. I'm not going back there because I'm not going to get this job. And the assistant goes, well, Dean, if you don't go back there, we're dropping you. He was like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? You can't drop me. You're an assistant. And he was like, if you don't go back there, we're dropping you. And I'm like, what, motherfucker? He was like, he was like, yeah. So I went back and they were waiting for me. And then they gave me the role. And he's like, no matter how dumb it is, no matter what you're looking for, it just clicked. And that's how I got the job. That's great. That's a great story. Yeah. And he said that like on on the road, like on the street. People walk up to him and be like, call me dummy. Because that's like, that's his catchphrase. That's what he show. calls Liz. He calls the Liz hey, dummy. dummy. He's always like, hey, dummy. And he'll be like, you're fucking dummy. Get on my way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's everybody has amazing things to say. And then that whole sabbatical I read. Yeah. Um, where Tracy leaves. Yeah. He was actually on mental health leave. Oh. So that's why. Sherry Shepard stepped in and did the whole Queen of Jordan wow. storyline. I did not know that. And also I read that when when Floyd leaves, yeah. Floyd is played by Jason Sudeikis. Yep. When Floyd leaves and Liz does that Criss Cross song that she makes up. Yeah. Criss Cross thought it was so funny. Christopher Cross thought it was so funny that he recorded a real version and sent it to the crew. Who's Christopher Cross? He's a musician. Oh, I don't. I don't know what that is. He recorded a a real version and sent it to the, to the crew, and that's why Chris Cross, her later husband, yeah, that's is a, named Chris Cross. Ah, I it's thought it was just making fun of the. It's an homage. I don't know. Chris homage. Cross. Yeah, so that's what I laughed at when I was doing my research. Ah, but I left it out because I figured it would just be an aside for you. People listening don't really care, but. But yeah, but if. Please watch it on Hulu. It's 30 Rock is so funny. Great. The it, first season is a little slow. I don't like so. Okay, the first the, the first thing, episode the is a little slow. Um, it gets rough in season 
2005 because that's when the writer's strike was. And even Alec Baldwin is quoted as saying he was going to leave in season five because it was so bad. Yeah. And then it picks back up, according to Sean, in season six and seven. I like every those, season. Those are the it's final two seasons. It's not like Arrested Development where it's only worth watching the first three seasons. Yeah, Arrested Development went down the shitter when they brought it back, but whatever. Yeah, 30 Rock. But yeah, it's on Hulu. Great show. So many. Oh, my God. Like, uh, dude, I was just thinking, like, they have... Uh, God damn it. Who's the guy who plays Frank? I forgot. I blanked on his name. Oh, right Judah now. Freelander. Judah Freelander, who is the comedian you may have seen, yeah. who wears baseball caps and he, he puts a different phrase on the front of his baseball caps every time you see him. It might say USA. It might say tofu getter. It, it Just stupid things he puts on his hats. Anyway, he's got these big glasses. But one of my favorite scenes is the, the show opens. They're in the writer's room. He's one of the writers for the, the fictional show that's on there called TGS and Liz Lemon is just screaming at him about why did you get a virus on my computer and lose all the, you know, we stayed up all night writing this script and you got a virus and now it's gone. And he's like, he's like, well, first of all, the, the subject of the email was, check this out <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's the excuse for opening a virus even like he sees an email that says check this out and he just has to open it like well shit I'll, i will check this out that, I, that and i know that joke doesn't play well on our podcast but it's fucking hysterical on the actual show so dude, i'm not gonna the show the show holds up the show is so funny it holds up it's really well done all right so i'm gonna talk about a movie and uh, first, I want to ask you, what do you think the top movie of 1991 is? Dances with Wolves. All right. This was the year that Terminator 2 came out. Oh, fuck you. And it made $206 million domestically. However, we're going to talk about a criminally underrated movie that came in 70th place that year. With a box office take of $17 million. I'm way more excited for this. <laughs> you were so disappointed when you I thought was. it was Terminator 2. I was like, I don't want to talk about this. And this movie that made $17 million had a budget that, depending on who you talk to, was between $51 and $65 million. So that, that which is a hell of a lot of money back then. And then for it to only make $17 million is an atrocity. This movie opened on May 24th against Thelma and Louise and Backdraft. Oh, Backdraft made me cry. This movie opened in third place on its opening weekend. First place was Backdraft. Second place was What About Bob in its second week. Ooh. And fourth place was Thelma and Louise, which we all know went on, was one of those slow burn success type movies. Yeah, as all the women wanted to fucking drive themselves off cliffs, which I get. This was ultimately a vanity project for its star, Bruce Willis. Are we talking done. about Hudson Hawk? Yeah. <laughs> ah, what a good episode. <laughs> so yes, Maggie and I love Hudson Hawk. I'm pretty sure I introduced you to Hudson Hawk, right? I don't think you had yeah, seen no, a lot Yeah, no, you did. People. Yeah. So the way I knew of Hudson Hawk, because remember, I didn't have a TV, Maggie. So the way I knew... What? Of, yeah. Tell so, me everything. So I... I knew of Hudson Hawk because when I would go to school, kids would bring in magazines, typically video game magazines. And I remember there was an issue of Nintendo Power that featured the Hudson Hawk video game. I didn't know there was the one. And so I would so these kids would let me read their magazines sometimes. And 
so I read all about Hudson Hawk, the video game, and it, it sounded great. Just the whole premise and everything. Did you have to sing? So I don't, I don't think I don't really remember it. It's some, I think it was just like a side scroller. I can't even picture it now, but I was very intrigued. I like the I, I like the alliteration of the title. I like Bruce Willis. I like the cat I love alliteration. Angle. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. It, it things. doesn't it doesn't take much to hook me, guys. All right. So uh, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis, <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis is birthday buddies with one of our sons. Yes, that is true. Uh, him and his longtime friend, Robert Kraft, not the Robert Kraft who is currently embroiled in a prostitution scandal. <laughs> Different Robert Kraft. I verified that, looked that up because I was very thrown because it's spelled the same way and everything. So anyway, they, uh, they were longtime friends. They had conceived of this James Bond type character while Bruce was tending bar and Robert played piano uh, in various bars in New Jersey growing up. And they wanted to... They, like I said, they wanted like a James Bond type, but they wanted like a, a James Bond before he was James Bond kind of thing. Like how did before he joined MI6 kind of so that, you know, what what did he do before he became the super secret agent? Right. Right. So that's how they conceived of Hudson Hawk, who is actually a cat burglar. So I, I mostly want to talk about why why do people hate this fucking movie? Because if you talk to if anybody remembers Hudson Hawk, most people will tell you it sucks. I don't. I don't say that. Yeah. But do you Do you remember when it came out? Bitch, I, I was ten. <laughs> That's what I mean. Okay, so people don't even remember it. All right. So what went wrong? So I did some research, and I went back and looked at the trailer for the movie. The trailer for this movie is incredibly misleading. It is edited and scored in a way that makes Hudson Hawk out to be this huge, badass action extravaganza. They have the classic movie voice guy oh. talking over it. Catch <laughs> the adventure, Hudson Hawk. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, it's and they they have the, the they have this really dramatic music. They have it spliced with a lot of the explosions and people getting punched. They punctuate it with a few of the the funny things that they say. So it comes across more like those are like one liners. But the, the whole movie is that whole movie is is, is, is a like liner. scripted like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that was one thing right there is the audience was kind of misled by the trailer expecting this action movie. And, and that's how it was sold. It's and an it's, action comedy. And it, I would I would say it's definitely more comedy than action. You know, it's, it's well, I mean, there's a lot of explosions and stuff. There are, but it's it's not known for its action. It's it's known because of it, it's funny, but for the people who who do like it, Buffy ball ball. So, and the other thing it is, and you don't get this at all in the trailer. It's a little bit of a musical. Yeah, a little bit. So again, I think people were a little befuddled by the. I can't imagine seeing like. Could you imagine seeing, like, put yourself in this per in in the consumer shoes? You're watching a trailer for like the Rock skyscraper, and he's hanging there by his like prosthetic leg, and you think he's gonna die. Yeah. And you go see the movie, and he's like <laughs> dancing a jig like with Mary Poppins, and he's like singing, and he's like throwing his prosthetic leg in the air, and it's like <laughs> it's like a fun happy go lucky, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it. And that. you'd be like, what the fuck did I just see? I right. thought I was coming here. And it might be a great movie. It might be hilarious, but it's not what it you went in there for. The people right. It attracted, it attracted the attracted. wrong yeah. audience. 
All right, so critics, uh, the people who who reviewed the movie, they seem to care more about the budget and the behind the scenes drama than the film content from what I've read. Uh, apparently, there was a lot of issues between the director, Michael Lehman, who directed the movie Heathers with uh, Winona Ryder and, and uh, Christian, what, what's that? Christian Slater, I almost said Christian Bale, which is oh. a good movie. I really like Heathers. Haven't seen it in a long time, but it's a very good movie. And that's another movie that has like a, has like a dark sense of humor. Yeah. If anything. But he there's a lot of friction between him and Bruce Willis because Bruce Willis had been conceiving of this for like 12 years. This was his baby for the most part. You know, like him and, and this Robert Kraft guy came up with this character and everything. And uh, so Bruce was apparently rewriting a lot of the script as he as he saw fit you know, going against what the director wanted to do and everything like that. But honestly, that and, and you hear about people doing that. And he was, you know, just getting big. He had done Die Hard and Die Hard 2 by this point. I think Bonfire of the Vanities had come out the year before, which wasn't really a big movie for him at all. But he he was, you know, he's getting big. So he, he could kind of toss his his ego around a little bit. Right. He wasn't moonlighting But I, I think anymore. it worked, though. And I, very much in the minority, you and I, because I think the movie is fucking hilarious. I do, too. I could watch it repeatedly. I mean, it's not Clue, but it's pretty. It's pretty close. And it, so, a lot, of, a lot of the issues that critics had with it is they they referred to the characters as nutty and weirdos, which again they were just absurd characters. They you know, they yeah. were weirdos. But th- to me though, I liked the weirdo characters. I thought it it was that's, funny. That's what makes it funny. They also they didn't like the absurdist humor, and the other thing they didn't understand was the violence. You know, you got the the scene where the butler slices that dude's throat open, you get the <laughs> arterial spray. Yeah. And I liked that, though. I liked it. And again, maybe, you know, as a fan of like Evil Dead and stuff like that, you're you're used to gore and humor. Like they, right. they go together for some reason in my mind. I, I, I have no issue with that. It just depends on the gore and the, like, I don't know. It's just. And it wasn't like heavy gore. Right. No. It depends how There's it's some done. some blood here and there. It depends it's, how it's done, and right. it's done. It's done well. I, I thought it. I like that kind of. And what's and I don't know if this is true. This is me extrapolating, and I could very well be wrong about this. But I see it as an influence on Pulp Fiction because Pulp Fiction is very violent, but it's also very funny, and it's kind of all over the place. Now it's not absurdist like Hudson Hawk is. It's not that kind of humor, but I think there's similarities no, like, but, there. But like that whole scene in the car when he blows Marvin's head off, right? That's hilarious. Yes, and it's gory That's as fuck. That's so funny. Brain every, there's brain yeah. in Samuel Jackson's afro. Like, <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. So for those of you who haven't seen the movie, I'm just going to give you a, a description. So it starts off with what is probably the, the most boring part of the movie, which is they spend like 10 or 12 minutes devoted to explaining Leonardo da Vinci and his inventions and everything. And apparently he invented some sort of alchemy machine, even though he was not into alchemy at all. But who cares? It's for the fiction of the movie. Yeah. So that's where it starts. And that that's kind of the that's the MacGuffin, if you will, for this movie is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know you like the word MacGuffin is cough. It is the they're trying to assemb- reassemble these three pieces that can activate this machine that can turn lead into gold It is the, like the premise for it. So it starts off. Hudson Hawk is getting released from prison after 10 years, which nowadays you can think about that 10 years for burglary that's insane people get less than that for child rape you know right Uh, but anyway he's being released from prison and it starts off right away with 
how you know ridiculous but he's being bribed by his parole officer to do a job to steal this uh sforza statue and when he they they go to do this job him and his partner and they this is where they you meet the the oh wait i was thinking the auction plows first I'm, I'm getting things out of order i'm getting all excited like a kid on caffeine so they go to do this job to steal this Forza statue before it gets auctioned off and the way they time out their jobs instead of synchronizing their watches because you know they know all these patterns and, and everything for the guards and stuff like that they pick a song they know how long these songs are and they they start singing them simultaneously and then they split up and they keep singing the song yeah and for me it just worked i thought it was funny it's I stupid it was great. it's fucking stupid it is but it's entertaining. It's, it was great. It's clearly it was, in the, the tone and fun of the movie. Yeah, it because it, it kept the tone light as opposed to the like spy heist tone. Yes. That you get when it's watch based. Yes. Where you're like, you know, like this one is like, you know, it keeps it very fun. And I think that was the whole thing with this movie was it was supposed to be a lot of fun. And it is, in my opinion. It's. It really was. I uh, man, what a good movie! So you meet the the Mayflowers. They are the villains. Uh, you have Darwin Mayflower, who's portrayed by Richard E. Grant. You have Minerva Mayflower, who is portrayed by Sandra Bernhard. Yeah. And little thing, little tidbit that you might be interested in is they almost had Audrey Hepburn as the villain. What? No, yeah. that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't yeah, have worked that, at all. That, but I thought you would like that because you like Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, that wouldn't worked. So this movie has a lot of cool i don't know idiosyncratic things like the fact that hudson hawk is just trying to get a cappuccino this whole time right. before he gets out of prison that's and ever, something always happens you know he goes he goes back to the bar that his buddy owns and he, he goes to drink it and one of these low-level crime dudes uh one of the sylvester brothers yeah frank stallone and, and the other uh, guy yeah stallone <laughs> whatever that shoots it out of his hand or whatever and he, but it, that's like a running gag it's nothing hilarious or anything but it, it's kind of funny but the, I mean, just that the gag, the, the people who play uh, Frank Stallone, I forget the other guy, but their characters are Anthony and I forget the other guy's name. But the point is, their last name is Mario. They're the Mario brothers. Right. And nobody ever touches on that. <laughs> it's so stupid. But it's 1991. And these bad guys are basically the Mario brothers. And it's funny. They introduce James Coburn as the head of the CIA. He has like five or six agents. They're all codenamed after candy bars. It, it's <laughs> it's it sounds absurd and it Kit absolutely Kat. is. It's so good. It's so funny. You have the talking crucifix, the, the nun who talks to the bishop through the crucifix yeah. which, that lights up as it talks to you and yeah. stuff. It's it's just it's just stupid. It's fun. Funny. So I. I didn't get to watch, so I, I wanted to see this movie. It bombed terribly, and I didn't get to see it till like probably a year or two later, when you know we, we got a TV again, we got cable, we had like free HBO for a while, and it was on HBO, and I was recording everything. Like you man. went from like low life to high life. Look yes. at you, you went from like no TV to like TV with HBO. Right, because they would do that Shit. thing where you get like six months or a year for you know what I mean, or those packages. So it only made sense at first, and then you had to cancel it, of course. Right. Um, which, you know, now they have the free trials and I, I do the same thing with that stuff. But uh, so when that came on HBO, I literally had the VCR set, tape plugged in, watched Great. it. Loved, and, at first, and I remember watching it first and I was like, I don't think this is very good because I was watching the it was the Da Vinci stuff at the beginning. I was like, oh, I see why this movie they didn't like this movie. And then like the logo comes up and it looks all weird and shiny gold. And it, yeah, it's, it's a weird font. It looks very like um, 
Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown shit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, but this then isn't what I the thought movie it was starts be. proper with Bruce Willis, and it's just a fun ride all the way through. I think it's absolutely up there with like Clue. I don't think it has the same cult following by any means. I, I'm sure there is a cult following, uh, but I just you should check this movie out. Oh, they, like I uh, listener friend of the show Steve, I called him. I made him record it, and we would call each other on the phone and we would watch it on the phone together. <laughs> during the summertime that's, and just laugh and talk about Hudson Hall. That's some 90s shit right there. It's very 90s. So as of right now, all I, it's like me and you and Steve <laughs> are the cult of Hudson Hawk. That's all we got so far. <laughs> There's just the three, three of, us. of us. So feel free to join us. Check the movie out. Let us know what you think of it. Hopefully it's you really enjoy funny, it. It's really funny. And it's got some really great lines. And it's so it's really funny. It, it's criminally underrated. Just, I, I have I, to pay the rent. I don't I can't know. do the high voice right now. <laughs> I, I don't know why that hasn't had some sort of like a true cult comeback, like like Clue or something like that. Where People haven't seen it. I think that's it. It is a lot harder to get for some reason. Like I, to get it on Blu-ray, the only way it's available on Blu-ray in the U.S. anyway is as a it comes on the same disc as like some other movie called Hollywood Homicide. You have to buy this two pack to get the um, Blu-ray. Yeah, that's the only way. to. So it's better just get it digitally. It's a lot easier. Like, yeah, it's such a funny... It's so funny. Like, holy shit, is it funny? But yeah, that's that's it. I, I, I wanted to talk about Hudson Hawk, finally. It's, like, in our bio on our website. Yeah. So I thought it, I should actually do that. Look Plus, at I us. have to watch it for the other podcast I'm doing with John. That'll so. be launching soon. Sean has a second podcast coming out. Yeah, it's going to be all... Just all straight-up nerdy shit. So if you need no more, true crime, if you need more nerd, well, I didn't do true crime this week. You I was trying to keep it light. This, yeah, that's, that's true. That was on purpose. <laughs> I was like, but yeah, oh. it's all nerdy stuff. It's a lot of me yelling about how terrible anime is. And a lot of uh, my co-host, John, telling me how great anime is and how I hate fun. And my stance is, of course, he just likes bad things. So I'm uh, so glad to not be a part of it. Although <laughs> I am editing it, but I'm glad to not be a part of it. Yeah, that's all I got this week. That way. All right, awesome. So And I do I am going to be doing a uh, a big thing for Ninja Turtles cuz I I feel like I gave them short shrift when I when I did like that half ass thing when we went on vacation and I have a ton of information and I have been boning up hardcore. I got books, I got movies, I got all this stuff about Ninja Turtles and I just have to collate it and write it down and present it and it probably will be at least a two-parter, maybe a three-parter. Maybe my first three-parter because Ninja Turtles are awesome. Is that your first awesome. three-parter? Okay. I think so. I don't think I've done anything else three parts. Ghostbusters was in three-part? Oh, because no. you promised the third episode on the music and then you didn't deliver. I didn't promise. I, I probably made some hy- hyperbolic claim about No, it wasn't. It was music for The Matrix. Oh. Is what I was talking about. Not the Ghostbusters music. Whatever. My point is yeah. hyperbolic claims. Yeah. And then it, not a promise. Deliver. Not the same thing. Okay. Whatever. Call it what you will. I'm going to call it a hyperbolic claim. Okay. And not a promise. Okay, well, I'm going to call a promise. <laughs> so, agree to disagree. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. Well, thanks for so, listening. We are off to record a Patreon episode. Yes. So, if you want to get in on that, click you know, support you know at the to top it. of our website. com. You like that? That was my radio voice. Radio voice where I also still sound like Kathleen Turner a little bit. Yeah, hopefully 100% next week. Dude, I'm just excited to have a voice at all. Me too. Last week I was like, makes our, 
our podcast is very conversational, so that's why the last episode was so short. It's hard to have a conversation when I couldn't hear anything you were saying. Well, I was leaning into the mic, so like listeners well, yeah, could when hear. When you can play it back, you can hear it. But when I'm sitting across from you, I literally couldn't hear you most of the time. <laughs> that sucked. Dude, my voice was gone from that Friday until like Wednesday is when I finally got it back. Yeah. It was bad. Yep. And yep. it's we're recording here on Sunday, and my voice is still pretty new. Yeah. And like I lose it by the end of the night. Yeah. All right. That's everything. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening.